change. We didn't really get a transition time, time frame like that a lot of people get. But it doesn't matter because God's in charge. God's going to work everything out even though we can't see how it's going to happen. And I kind of like, you know, we always hear these fairy tales or these that we read to our kids. And they'll say, once upon a time. And then you know that the fairy tale's about to follow or whatever it is. And then it always ends with a happy ending. But written within the pages of, of, of stories and in the Bible, you may not have ever noticed before, it says, and it came to pass. Now that you're aware of that, you're, maybe you can start noticing it a little bit more. It came to pass. And all the things that we're going through today as a congregation, through all the things through this transition period of time, it came and one day we'll say, it came, but it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. And I want to look at some of those it came to passes in the Bible. And the first one I kind of want to look at is in Genesis, the 8th chapter. Just going to pick a few verses to kind of get the, the idea and make you aware. There's a lot of things that happened in the Bible that people dealt with and, and they had to realize and they had to, have a confidence in knowing that, you know, it didn't come to stay, it came to pass. In every one of these situations, it came to pass. Verse number 13, it says, And it came to pass in the 600th and first year, in the first month of the first day of the month, the waters were dried up off the earth, and Noah removed the covering from the ark, and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. Oh, can you imagine how Noah felt that day? He'd done 120 years of preaching. And finally the floods came. And he spent all that time in that ark looking at nothing but water and dealing with animals and all those other kind of things that he had to deal with. And I'm sure that on that ark there were sometimes days that he was very discouraged. I imagine I would have been. They, they say if you want to, uh, to get along with your family, don't live with them. <laughs> You know, there's only room for one, one, one chef in the kitchen and one father in the, in the household. Of course, like I said, we in America, you know, we have different situations. You live in the Middle East and families live together and it's something that they, they cohabitate. But, you know, for me, I can't even imagine being trapped in a, in a, I don't care how big that ark was. It probably wasn't big enough for, you know, a whole family. But he was there, and I know that one day, every day he got up, and all the things that he did, he let out that dove to go and find dry land, and he'd come back because there was no place to land. And he probably thought, man, this is never going to end. When is this water going to be gone? When? When, God, when? Have you ever said that? When, God, when? How, God, how? Why not now, God, now? But there come a time, and it came to pass, and he even gave the day. I mean, man, he would, he would mark in the day that it happened. And he was happy for that day. So that flood, no matter how bad it was, no matter that it did uh, destroy all of humanity, no matter, it didn't matter that all he saw was water, there came a time when it came to pass. It didn't come to stay, it came to pass. In Genesis, the 19th chapter, the verse 29 There's a lot of people in here. I never, like I said, I never really realized how many there was that this time was in here. I thought it was kind of cool. Aren't you glad? <laughs> 1929, it said, And it came to pass, when God destroyed the cities of the plain, 
that God remember Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot dwelt. That was quite the judgment that God poured out upon Sodom and Gomorrah. And for anybody that is, is, uh, has a problem with what God thinks of homosexuality, that Sodom and Gomorrah was God's vote. There was no doubt. He, he answered that with a period and smoke and fire and brimstone. So he answered that question. But in the midst of all that, God remembered Abraham, and so Lot wasn't destroyed. So God pulled him out. And it came to pass that God destroyed the city, but he pulled Lot out. Because God, Abraham was faithful. And during that period of time, when he was probably running away from the city, well, we all know that Lot's wife turned around and looked, which wasn't, health, wasn't healthy as we found out. <laughs> Looking back at that thing. But he probably wondered, Is this go- what's going to happen? Am I ever going to have a life after this? But it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Exodus, the second chapter, 23rd verse. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and they came up unto God by the reason of their bondage. The children of Israel were in bondage for over 400 years. They thought that was the way that life was going to be. That was going to be that way their whole life. But then something changed. In the midst of everything that happened, the king died. The king of Egypt died. And all of a sudden, that gave them something within their heart and within their spirit to start crying out to God. See, sometimes when we're in the midst of struggles and we're in the midst of things that's going on and we're in bondage, no matter what it is that we're in bondage to, we don't think about crying out to God. Why is that? The devil wants to keep us busy, so we don't. Number one. And no matter what that bondage is in our own lives, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And we have to look beyond that. And we have to allow in that bondage or whatever it is and realize we have to cry out to God. Because that's what God wants us to do. In troubled times, we're supposed to cry out to God. In troubled times, we'll either run to God or we'll run away from God. God wants us to run to him. If we look in the the New Testament, all the the plagues and all the things that's going to happen to this world, why is God doing that? He wants to have them run to him. But as we read in those, those verses that they don't. They don't run to God. They shake their fist at God and curse God. But God wants to use bondage. He wants to use the tribulation and trials and that so we can run to him. And then we're going to find that when we're in the midst of that bondage, we're in the midst of those troubles, that they didn't come to stay. They came to pass. And one day we're going to be looking back here at what we went through, and we're going to say, hey, it didn't stay. We did. It came to pass, and it's gone. And now we have something else that we can look forward to. We have a future to look forward to. And that's the way God is. No matter what we're going through right now, it isn't going to stay. This is just a time frame, and we're going to get past it. Sooner or later, the king or whatever the situation is, something's going to change, and we're going to realize, hey, I made it through. I did pass through the fire. I passed through the flames. And man, I don't even smell like smoke. Hey, cool, huh? That's great. 
Luke, the second chapter. The first verse. And it came to pass in those days that they went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. This is a scripture we're all familiar with. Christmas time, we always read this. Now I'm sure that Joseph wasn't very happy about this situation. I mean, here he's got his, uh, Mary's pregnant, you know, and she has to go. I mean, all us women that have been pregnant, we know that when you get toward the end of pregnancy, you don't want to go anywhere. You're just lucky if you can get up out of a chair. Yeah, and ride a donkey and try to go a long distance to do this. So it wasn't something they wanted to do. It was the last thing on their mind. And he couldn't say, honey, you stay home. It's okay. I'll go and I'll register us and I'll pay taxes. Mm -mm. You had to go in person. Didn't matter. They didn't care. If you were sick, you had to haul your butt there. That's it. Go. There was no uh, leniency as far as things would go. You had to go. So this wasn't a convenient time for them. And they probably, I said, what in the world's going on? And they were probably, man, this is ridiculous. Why in the world of all times that he has to be now? Seems like when we get into situations that happen, isn't it the most inconvenient time that we have? It's always at the wrong time. We tell God, God, this would have been better next week. I got company coming this week. Why are you having this happen now? Why? But God has his own timetable about things. And, of course, Joseph didn't have the, uh, the advantage that we had right now. See, he was in there. He was in that situation. We have the benefit to say, and it came to pass. They survived the journey. They survived everything, and they went there. And what happened because of it? Jesus was born where he's supposed to be. Wow, what a concept. And it only took a census to get him there. You think they would have went if, uh, if it wasn't for the census? Huh, I ain't going nowhere. Last, last month of my pregnancy, you're lucky you can get me out of the house. I need an entourage just to get me up out of a chair and walk down the hall. You know, you feel big belly. You, you feel about as track, attractive as a, as a pig that just got through modeling, waddling in the mud. So it, it's not something you want to do. But sometimes it is inconvenient. And, and the things that happen to us aren't on our schedule. But God knows what he's doing. And in this situation, although they couldn't see it, although they couldn't understand it, God knew what was going on. But in spite of everything, in spite of that long journey, in spite of all the hassle they had getting there, Jesus was born where God said he was going to be born. And that's why sometimes things happen to us. We can't see them. We have to look, them, look, them at, look at them in the review mirror and say, it came to pass. And what, what did I do with my it came to pass? Because sooner or later, no matter what we're going through, we're going to get out of it. The question is, are we going to get out of it? Victorious? Are we going to get out of it with uh, the skin of our teeth? Are we going to get out of it not liking anything? That's the question. Acts 16. Oh, excuse me. Luke Luke 16. Got ahead of myself here. Luke 16, 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. There's coming a time that all of us are going to have a come to pass. We're going to be looking back on this life. And, and that's why 
We live our lives for God. So we don't have to be in the situation this guy was in. I want to be carried by the angels to heaven. Of course, this was before Jesus, so it was Abraham's bosom. That's what, that was heaven to them back then. Now they're all in heaven, paradise, whatever you want to call it. But sooner or later, we're going to be looking in the review mirror at our lives. And it came to pass. One day, and it came to pass, we're going to stand in God's presence. And we're going to be shouting and singing and running up and down the aisle. And you're going to have a hard time catching me. So you better bring your running shoes. So it's going to be interesting. Acts 16. 16. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. One of these days we might run into a situation like this. There was a few weeks ago where somebody come to the church that was demon-possessed. And it wasn't a pleasant experience for the people that were here. <laughs> but it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And we got through it. Because God's more powerful than any situation that we're facing. Everything in life that happens, whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's going to pass. We're going to have moments of down in the valleys, and we're going to have moments of up in, up in the mountains. Mountaintops. I like mountaintops better. They're a lot more fun. But the problem is, in order to get to the mountaintop, what do you have to do? You have to climb. You have to climb, and sometimes you fall down, skin your knee. Sometimes you, you may slip, and you may have to go over the same area a couple times before you get up there because of the loose rocks and all the things that are there. But it's going to pass. The bad times are going to pass. And right now, we're kind of in that, that area, and we're sitting there, and we're thinking, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to get through all this? I don't know how we're going to do it. God does. God knows that we're going to get through it. It's not how, it's when we're going to get through it. And with God, it's already done. Because God, God knows the future just like it's the past. And one day we're going to say, and it came to pass that we had a transition. And we had all these things happen. And we didn't know how we was going to make it through there. We didn't know what was going to happen. But God did. And God was faithful. And we made it through it. Because nothing, no matter how bad the situation is, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And that's what we need to have in our hearts and realize that during these bad times, it's not going to stay. We're going to pass. We go from victory to victory. Valleys and mountains. That's just the way life is. We can't build our house on the mountaintop because when we live on the mountaintops, what happens to us? We become complacent, and we start taking God for granted, and we start doing things just like the Israelites did. Look at their history. Every, you know, they were prosperous. As long as they served God and, and worshipped God, things went well for them. And then what happened? They turned their back on God, started worshipping idols, and then God needed to bring bondage. He needed to bring all these things happening in order to bring them to their knees so they'll come back to God. So God uses these situations, but every situation we're going through, individually, maybe there's some of us here tonight that's going having a rough time. I don't know what people's lives are. Maybe you're having an exceptional rough time. I don't know. 
But I'm here to tell you that it isn't going to stay. You're going to make it through it. It came to pass. And one day you're going to be looking outside in the review mirror at it. And you're going to be able to say, thank you, Lord, for getting me through it. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the strength. Thank you for giving me the wisdom to deal with this situation. And I'm going to be stronger because of it. Because all these came to pass as things that we have, they make us stronger. That's how we get our strength. We say, God, I want to be a strong Christian. And God says, okay, here comes the, here comes the problems. Come on. Work out those muscles. Stretch those muscles. That's how, we're going to, that's how you're going to do it. We don't like it. We like the good times. We don't like the bad times. Cycles happen in everybody's life. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, I don't care what it is, you go through cycles. There's a cycle in your life. Then it just keeps repeating itself. You good times, bad times, good times, bad times, good times, bad times. That's just the cycle of life. And churches have cycles too. We've been to churches, we've changed pastors. We've changed board members, we've changed deacons, we've changed all kinds of things. We've changed Sunday school teachers, we've changed all kinds of things in churches. But it doesn't have to always be a bad thing. Change sometimes is God's will. Because sometimes we get too comfortable, I guess, with things the way they are. I don't know. I don't, I don't know why God does things the way he does them. That's up to him. When I get to heaven, maybe I'll ask him about some of it. You know, I have a lot of questions I might want to ask God. Hey, God, where, what happened down here? What was going on here? Where were you at? But I think when I get there, it isn't going to be important. I don't think it'll be important at that time. Ecclesiastics, the third chapter. And the first verse, we're going to read about eight verses here. Now, these are scriptures that we're all familiar with. They even wrote a song about it, make it popular. I don't know if they'd do it, they'd do it now. But Solomon wrote Ecclesiastics, and he said, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. Well, all of us has done the first part here this morning or tonight. We've all been born. We've fulfilled the first part of that. So we know we're going to fulfill the second part of that. We're all of us is going to die if the Lord tarries. We're all going to die someday. Except for these poor babies that we're aborting every year. We've taken that right to be born away from them. So there's going to be some people that's going to have a big accounting to do with God because they didn't give them the time to be born. They just had their time to die. So they're going to have to account to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. Wow. A time to break down, and a time to build up. There's a time that we need to tear down some things. Maybe we need to tear down some walls in this church. Maybe not physical walls, but maybe emotional walls. Physical walls that we may have put up. Because we have a tendency... In, in the society we live in, that we're not as uh, friendly as we were back in the old days when you knew your neighbors. Every, if your neighbor had an issue, man, the whole town was there to show up to help them. We're kind of away from that. Now we build walls, and we used to live in, um, in Colorado, and the first house we had there, the yards were so small, you go out and cook your hamburgers, and the neighbor could change, flip the hamburgers for you in his own yard. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
And even then, we weren't close. Uh, we were close to a couple of them, but generally speaking, people aren't close with their neighbors. They don't know their neighbors because we've locked ourselves up in our houses and we put up walls. I work all day, I come home, and I just want to watch TV. But God wants to tear down those walls. He wants to tear down the walls if there is any in this church. So there'll be nothing that separates us from one another. So we can be one body. And we won't know any difference between anything. That's God's will. That we can have unity like that. So maybe we need to tear down some things. And then we need to, after we tear it down, we need to build something up together. Whatever that might be. Hopefully it's building up the, the attendance in the church and we reach out to, the, to this neighborhood and to this area to bring the lost in because that's why we're here. I mean, it's good that we as Christians can come together and we can worship and we can praise God, but ultimately God wants us winning souls to him or leading them to him. And God doesn't really care a lot about our comfort doing that. He didn't save us to make us comfortable. He saved us so we can have peace and joy and eternal life and salvation, but also to reach out to the community, to reach out to our neighbors, to tear down the walls that we may have and quit closing our curtains and ignoring that the world outside our door even exists. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. I've spent a little bit of time weeping these last, this last week. Like I said, I feel like somebody killed my dog, and I love my dog. And that, you know, just hard on me emotionally. So when we lose somebody, or, or even if they didn't die or anything, and they're just gone out of, your, out of your side or whatever it might be, we still feel a loss. And I feel a loss. And it's going to take us a while to, to get over those kind of things. But there's a time to weep, but there's also a time to laugh. If, you don't, if you've never weeped, laughing isn't as important. You think, oh, no big deal. But if you've weeped, then you can enjoy laughter, and it means more to you. Those happy times mean more, because why? Because we weeped. We've felt sorrow. We've felt all these things. And so there is a time to laugh. So if we're in that weeping stage, hey, there's going to be a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Hey, I like that. Don't like mourning. Don't like that mourning stuff. That's icky stuff. But we're all going to go through times of mourning in our lives, whether it's from a loss of a, a family member, uh, whatever it might be. We're going to suffer loss in this world, and we're going to mourn those losses. But through God, we can make it. And he says, okay, you're going to mourn, but then you're going to dance. There's going to be some dancing time. So if you're mourning and you're in mourning about something, hey, the dancing time's coming because there's a cycle. There's a cycle. And without the morning, you wouldn't appreciate the good things that happen. A time to cast away and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. There's a time that we need to hang on to things. And another time that we need to let them loose. When you raise your kids, you find out when they're little, you know, you just want to hold them and, and don't want anything to happen to them and protect them and all those kind of things. But then when they start getting a little older and start getting a mouth on them, they start getting a mouth on him. You say, man, I can hardly wait till I can give him the boot. Because, <laughs> is that just me? Or, or, or you haven't been there yet? <laughs> and then one day after they get their mouth on them and then they grow up and start to mature and become adults, hopefully that will happen, then you can be friends with your kids. And I love that time frame. I'll tell you. Didn't like, I love the little kids, I love those kind of things. They turn into teenagers and something happens to them. 
They give them a degree in monster or something somewhere. I don't know what it is. And we don't like that time. I, I told people when I had teenagers, because we had four teenagers at the same time. Four teenagers in the house at the same time. And, I, and we got saved. And I says, you can probably tell all the people that have teenagers in the congregation. And I says, how? I says, just look at their, look at their pants. She says, what do you mean, look at their pants? Well, the people that have teenagers, they wear holes in their knees because they're praying more than the other people because they're driving them crazy. It's either pray for them or kill them. So, but there's a time that we get to let them go and a time when they grow up that we have to let them go. And that's hard. That's hard sometimes. There's a lot of, of parents, a lot of, that, that after their kids are gone, they have no life. They spent all their life and they lived their whole lives for their kids and now they're gone and now what do they have? Nothing. That's why we got to live for God and live for other things because one day those kids are going to leave us and they aren't going to care. They might not even call you on your birthday. They might not call you on Mother's Day or Father's Day. The little heathens. (laughs) But those days happen. So we got to get our licks in and that's all our life is. Hey, we're going to have some sorrow coming, but there comes a time that we need to let go of things. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. There's some things that we just can't fix. We got these flags that we have out there, and man, the, that wind just eats them up like crazy. And he, I'm sitting here sowing these little, it's just always the one corner that's always bad from the wind. And I'm sowing these stupid things up. And I thought, man, just buy a new one. I don't care, (laughs) you know. But there's a time that it's valuable to sew it up, put it back together again. And there's other times you don't. But we have something valuable here in this church and in this congregation. And we need to keep it together. Sure, there's some few little ripples and there's the things that need to be fixed and some things that need to be sown and some things that we need to deal with. But it's worth keeping. So we've got to sow. We've got to do that. A time to love and a time to hate. Man, now that's kind of a different one. Ooh, hate. We can hate everything that God hates. And we're supposed to love everything that God loves. God hates sin. So we're supposed to hate sin. The problem with us, though, is sometimes sin is so fun and so much nice that we kind of like sin a little, if we're honest with ourselves. There's there's some things that, you know, I kind of like doing. (laughs) I know it's wrong, but, you know. But God says it's a time to love and a time to hate. And there's always, in the kingdom of God, we're supposed to love. We're supposed to love our neighbors, ourselves. And, but we, have, we can hate anything that God hates. So I like that. So all we got to do is find out what God hates, and if we feel like we have to get some hate out somewhere, let's hate sin. Let's hate what the devil's doing to our nation. Let's hate what it's doing to our, our neighbors and our friends and our kids. Let's hate that and love the people because it's love that's going to draw people to the church and to God. Every one of us is going to endure a lot of these things. A time of war. You know, we've been in war for a long time. But there's coming a time of peace. I don't know whether it's going to be in my lifetime or not. During the closer we get to the end, there's always going to be wars going on. But where there's going to be a time of peace, because the Prince of Peace is going to return. And then we will have peace. I don't care. They can make all the treaties they want. They can do whatever they want. But we're not going to have peace, complete peace, until a Prince of Peace comes and gives peace. 
the good times, that's when we're supposed to fill our baskets of blessings during the good times. That's when you kind of count them up and you just put them in there in, the, in your basket of blessing. And you sit there and life is just so good. And you've got all your baskets full, your bank accounts full, all your bills are paid, and man, everything's good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's when our baskets are full. But there's going to come a time when we're going to have to start taking out of that basket. And we're going to have to start relying on that basket. That's why it says count your blessings. Why? Name them one by one. So that during the hard times, during the bad cycles in our life, that's when we're going to have to hang on to our basket of blessing and be reminded, God's there. It didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And I'm going to get past this. And I'm going to sit here with my basket of blessing, and I'm going to count them. And I'll say, God, I don't know how you got going to get through this situation right now, but I know that last year or last week or last yesterday, you got me through that situation. And when I was there, I didn't know how I was going to make it through that. So I'm going to count this blessing and say, God, thank you. Thank you for getting me out of that situation there. Thank you for working out that situation in my life. And I know that I'm going to get through this time because no matter what I'm going through, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. So whatever you're, do- whatever you're going through right now, it's going to pass. The Message Bible for Job 2.10 says, this is Job talking to his wife. He says, He told her, you're talking like an empty-headed fool. We take the good days from God, why not also the bad days? Not once through all this did Job sin. He said nothing against God. That was when his wife told him, to, why not curse God and die? Have you ever felt like that? Some people telling you when all the bad things are happening, curse God and die? We have to accept everything that comes our way because God knows what's best for us. And he's going to work all these things out because it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. And no matter where you're at in that circle, whether you're in the, you're in the a top side with all the blessings going down into the valley or you're in the valley, believe me, it's going to come up because there's a, roll, rolls, there's a wheel rolls on the ga- ground. You're going to get out of that thing. And we're going to get out of this situation we're going through as a church right now. We're going to get through it. And one day, we're going to look back in our, our review mirrors and say, yeah, you did that. And then we're going to be t- taking that, taking what's happened right now and putting it in our basket of blessing. And then we're going to be thanking God for it, for our next cycle that we go through. If you're here today <clears throat> and you're going through something, personal struggle that you may be going through, and uh, if it's something that you know you need to share, then... You need to share it so other people can play, pray with you or whatever it might be. Because we're a body of believers, and we want to help people. We want to pray with one another, and we need to love one another. We need to pray with one another about needs. And the amazing thing about it, when we pray for other people's needs, it seems like that's when our needs get met. So my word for tonight is it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. Thank you. Our precious Heavenly Father.